Welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk about church planting, theology, and drink coffee. And welcome to another episode of Rugged Theology. And as one of my guests pointed out here this morning, I think she's the only one with an actual caffeinated drink here today. <laughs> it's a tea, so it's not uh-huh. coffee, it's tea. Uh, so today we're going to talk about something that's very, in, not unique, but interesting in Newfoundland culture. Um, we're going to be talking about the things that we've made sinful that might not necessarily be sinful, or we might at least have an improper understanding of why it's even sinful. And of course, we should probably note here that the, there are lots of places where Christians do this. The thing that, that's interesting in Newfoundland is it's kind of worked its way into our culture. Oh, ab- absolutely. So today I have with me Miss Lauren Noble. Hey. Lauren is one of our summer interns. I also have Mr. Curtis Rogers here. How's it going? And of course, the infamous Stephen Da. When did I become infamous? Today, right now, <laughs> at this wow. very moment. Well, thank you. Uh, it's good, to, it's good to meet you guys. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, so like you said, Steve, it's kind of like it become ingrained in our culture a bit. Yeah. Uh, so we can get into that a bit. But uh, the, the topic today is like sins that, you know, might not necessarily be sinful, or at least that we have an improper understanding of. Before we get into it, I just wanted to say for anyone who doesn't understand probably what the situation is culturally, Rural Newfoundland is really slow moving and it's very untouched Mm -hmm. by a lot of other influences and factors. So there does tend to be um, like a mass adoption of ideas fairly easily Mm -hmm. and it's kind of sticks. So that's why these things are... It's part of the isolation that we've talked about before. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're isolated around the island and I mean, goodness, my community's four hours away from here. How far away is your hometown, Lauren? Uh, Like about... Seven, if you like, yeah, and chug then along. How far do you have to go off the main highway to get to where you are? It's actually not bad. It feels like 10 hours, but it's actually only like an hour. And I should point out that the main highway was built in the 60s. Yeah. Before that, everybody got around by boats. Yeah. And then everything was connected. And then, or yeah. horse sled on the It's a very unique uh, spot the that bay way. in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I remember going horse across. Sled. Yeah, I remember Dog going sled. across the ice in like <laughs> truck sometimes. Uh, so... That's our culture, uh, but what what kind of things have we made sinful that aren't really sinful? Well, I think there's a, a way of looking at this. I, I, that's a little bit stronger than I would say it. There are things that we have made, uh, we have named as sinful that actually aren't the real sin involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we have examples like, for example, playing cards. Uh, I, I growing see for me it was always like you could play cards but they couldn't have the suits on them exactly right as long as exactly. the suits were on the cards they weren't the devil's cards you were yeah. good to go yeah. right <laughs> I think I, I think where that like comes from is that we we condemn the object of the sin itself rather than the behavior because it's it's easier to deal with well I mean that's that that's one of them I yeah. mean it's th- easier in, to in that case it. I would agree with yeah. you there it's easier to deal with the suits of the cards and the nature of the game than it is to deal with our nature and why people end up in yeah. like situations of gambling and stuff like that. Right. And, and of course that is, that is a problem with gambling and gambling itself is not putting your faith in Jesus and exactly. putting your faith in something else. Yeah. But again, the problem is the problem that we've latched onto there is the suits of the cards, it's the cards, 
but I mean, it's, it's with other things too. Like for example, uh, there are things that are real sins, like for example, drunkenness. Exactly. The Bible's pretty clear about that. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't get drunk. Yeah. Uh, there are a few places where it says that you shouldn't drink strong drink in the Bible, mm-hmm. but each of them are kind of questionable. I mean, in one case it's kings should not do it in Proverbs 31. It, you shouldn't, uh, Nazarite, people who take a Nazarite vow shouldn't drink strong drink. Yeah, and, that's a special case there because yeah, they're and taking the, a vow before God, yeah. And the priests who go in before the Holy of Holies uh, in uh, in Exodus, you shouldn't actually be, drink strong drink before you do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably not a good idea to drink strong drink and possibly have a slight buzz before you go into the presence of God. Yeah, probably not. Probably ill-advised. It's probably not what you want to do. Yeah. Uh, so it seems like we've kind of... Reminds me a lot about the Pharisees, like, you know, how you make your man-made laws so that you don't break God's laws. Right. But then those man-made laws ended up becoming equal to God's laws. Yeah, and in a way... Or even superior. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it invalidates, um, like, the the law itself and the purpose it served, and it's, like, God's perfection in it. it. It invalidates all that because we're compensating then, and we shouldn't be trying to compensate for God's law. Well, and, and I mean to be fair here, let's just let's just uh, call a spade a spade here. There are actual real problems here. There are sins that exist that it is good to avoid, and that's not the thing that we should be fighting against. Like mm-hmm. when drunkenness is sinful. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to uh, I don't know uh, placing uh, you know gambling and cause, causing other people to stumble that way, that's mm-hmm. that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, idolatry is not a good thing, but all of the different ways that we choose, we instead of dealing with those sins, which are usually matters of the heart, mm-hmm. we often try to deal with the outward, clear thing that makes it easier to see yeah. the problem. Yeah, I think as humans, that's what we like gravitate towards, is to um, deal with what our minds can handle, which is the object itself that's easy to digest, but the the spiritual sanctification is not as simple for us to like break down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so, much easier to deal with objective things rather than actually yeah. get into someone's heart. Yeah. yeah. So let's say for example, um, let's say someone suffers with depression and anxiety and ends up having some poor coping mechanisms, mm-hmm. whatever it be, let's say um, overeating, maybe pornography use or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, substance abuse, alcoholic, whatever it is, but it's, it's a result of the mental health as a poor coping technique. Yeah. It's the same essence of trying to deal with that surface area instead of realizing there's something that's causing that. Right. Except yeah. the fact for us, the, the thing that's causing it is our sinful hearts. Right. Yeah. And of course, there's, it causes a, a lot of confusion because the fact is there are real things that are sinful. I mean, oh, absolutely, man. And I think that's where the um, like the divide comes in. Um, like you'll have people who will uh, justify sins that are truly indicators of a uh, sinful problem, and then they will uh, like condemn someone else over something less important, or or like we said, not as cardinal of a sin yes yeah, so thinking someone else's sin is worse than your own yeah yeah or or, yeah. or they think they're justified because they keep their man-made commandments yeah. while forgetting the, the things of that you know yeah. are in their own hearts but yeah. saying oh well i don't drink alcohol so i'm best kind yeah, but there exactly. is of course the equal and opposite problem yeah. i mean there are uh i i personally would say that the bible well actually i don't think the bible actually teaches that you shouldn't drink alcohol mm-hmm. quite the opposite but 
it does say that drunkenness is wrong. Yeah. Exactly. And I, 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 growing up in a more uh, progressivist type of Christianity, I remember people using the fact that, you know, like the Bible doesn't actually oppose alcohol as a reason to go get drunk. Yeah. And drunkenness right. actually yeah. is a sin. Yeah. So, and like, that's kind of like this polar opposite effect from the exact same source. Right. And the source is trying to have human control mm-hmm. over um, our justification, really, because we are trying to, or to sanctify our own selves, we're trying to um, define what determines if we're sanctified or not. So we'll say, well, I can do this, but you can't do that. And I can't do that, but I can do this. And it's mm-hmm. it's basically the same problem. It's just opposite extremes. And Legalism, it, liberal, liberalism. And in fact, it's the same problem. We're trying to control what God can do and say through us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's take a uh, popular saying made, uh, not famous, but very is very well known by uh, someone who's been in our province. You know, you might speak in tongues, but you can also gossip with the same tongue. Right, so yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of like yeah. re- regard, regardless of how you feel on the on the issue of tongues, it it brings to the point that basically you know you might think you're holy, you might think that you're greater than someone else, but you you're still guilty of other sins. Yeah, and it also could like that could be alluding to the fact too that we can have earthly um, objects and devices that can glorify God and can. Um, cause us to sin, and, and the use of it comes from a sinful nature, like a lot of the things we're talking about. Yeah. I I, I, I do also want to kind of nuance that a little bit. I mean, the fact is, again, there are real sins that we face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is a good reason to be to try to be holy. I mean, that's uh, we were talking about the culture of Newfoundland. Yeah. A lot of this stemmed from the fact that, well, uh, late 19th century, early 20th century Christianity in Newfoundland, speci- specifically of the evangelical band, tended to be more pietistic, more focused on holy on the holiness movement. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you are focused on holiness, which is a good thing, yeah, it's not yes. a bad thing. I mean, you know, for it's, God is holy, so you should be holy. It's right? Pivotal. That's scriptural. <laughs> but because that is so important, it's it, we 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 come up with these ideas about things that we want to say are holiness and of course holiness is good and we've created these other categories of things that are holy Mm -hmm. and then we ignore the actual central part of holiness which is our hearts and the result is going to be all sorts of different kinds of sin on the surface whether it's i'm going to be i'm going to be validating the sin of my drunkenness by saying that you know well i'm not some kind of fundamentalist or on the other end i'm going to validate my sin of self-righteousness by pointing out that I don't drink like those horrible uh, yeah. liberals. Or even that sin of gambling, if I give a portion of my winnings to the church without realizing how much I've taken from my family. Like if I spend, let's say if I spend $1,000 gambling, but I win 100 bucks, well, I'll give 10 to the church. Well, I've taken 1000 from my family. And just yeah. think about where that money comes from. It's from a whole bunch of poor people who have just spent thousands and thousands of dollars mm-hmm. to try and get an uh, an ability to get that one vote, that one yeah. winning ticket. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of this has basically come from man's attempt to say, again, to be holy, want to be holy like God, fantastic thing, but we've often gone to put our own steps in place. So it's like, okay, well, if God's line is here, let's draw our line back here, so that. You know, I'm far away from, if I break a few of these rules, I'm not as close to God's line. But the issue is that when our rules become equal or more important... Well, and and, and, I mean, this is actually what Jesus was dealing with when it came to the first century. Mm -hmm. 
That's what Phariseeism and later forms of rabbinical Judaism that exist now, when they try to keep kosher, they're not just trying to keep the laws of the Bible. They're trying to keep themselves as far away from breaking the laws of the Bible as they possibly can while yeah. still living their lives. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. So we we meant a bit, talked a bit about culture. So, like, what personal stories do you have, maybe about like a holiness? You know, impact or uh, onto our culture. Like, do you have anything stories from your grandparents or growing up, things that you know you've experienced or you may even happen around today? Anyone have any stories? I mean, I could probably name a few. <laughs> um, it's not going to be super um, terrible for me because, like, in my opinion, when I was younger, it wasn't as extreme probably as it was one time. But I have heard stories about not being allowed to wear corrective lenses because it was uh, an act of not trusting God to heal your vision or uh, not being allowed to wear like open-toed shoes because it wasn't modest. So things like this that come from an effort to be obedient and an effort to be holy Mm -hmm. when really you're, um, you're being, you're defining the law based on your time, based on your traditions and your culture. Well, I mean, I stating that I even grew up in a more uh, progressivist camp. Mm-hmm. Culturally speaking, you weren't supposed to play cards on Sunday. Yeah. Well, you no. weren't. Yeah. Good, well, simple me, one. Yeah. For me, like it was like cards, not in my personal household, um, but like cards were a big thing with a lot of people in the church. Um, just the, like we said, the spate, like the suits. Yeah. With like suits gambling yeah. cards. Yeah. Another one is a popular one is um, Fish on Good Friday. Oh, um, yeah. where uh, you try to try to get fish and chips on Good Friday, people are lined up outside, lines upon lines, waiting who knows how long, an hour maybe to get in, to get fish yep. because you're not allowed to eat meat, but fish is okay, but you're not yeah. allowed to eat meat on Good yeah. Friday. Doesn't matter what you do the rest of the year. It doesn't yeah. matter if you think about God at all. But <laughs> bless his heart, he doesn't eat meat on yeah. Good Friday. That's so, actually an interesting point too, because a lot of those people aren't like identifying with no, any kind of faith. No, they just, they just so do when it. I, I worked just before I came to Mall One Mission, I worked at in, in, in the mall here and there was a restaurant where I was working and this guy, you know, he came so it was a rec room. So we had kind of like a Dave and Buster's kind of thing. So this guy came over to axe throwing and I was on I was on station for the next couple hours. Uh, so I was asking him what his plans were for Easter when he was doing it. He's like, Yeah, no, I had I I, prom- I promised Nan I would go get me fish and chips. And uh, it's like, dude didn't go to church at all, but his grandmother said to him, no Catholic, saying like, basically, you make sure you you get your fish and chips. I mean, the dude didn't, yeah. the dude was drinking like a fish. He was like, he didn't attend church at all, but he had to be a good Roman Catholic, at least here in Newfoundland, and get his fish and chips on Good Friday. You're justified then when you do that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's actually, I mean, we laugh about it, but that is kind of dark when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, his grandmother is probably getting some kind of uh, self-assurance that you know this 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 guy is at least somewhat saved because Absolutely. he just he just went to eat fish <laughs> on Friday. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that's sad. Not much of a big deal. No, um, I can remember growing up. So my grandmother is from a small town called Pulsco. Literally, there's one there's one road going through the town. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I can literally remember growing up and going down to her, her house around the weekends and that, and she would peel her vegetables on Saturday night. Right. So she wouldn't have to peel them Sunday, 
And all she would have to do was put them in the pot yeah. and let it boil. That's not surprising. Because that, that, that was, that was yeah. work. You couldn't do that on a Sunday. Yeah. I think a lot of people, especially like where I'm from, would identify with that 100%. Well, I mean, that's, that's why, at least when I was growing up, when you would have your cooked Sunday dinner, the cooked Sunday dinner was all prepared the night before. Yeah. You just turn on the oven the next day or turn on the pots the next day. Mm-hmm. That's another... And then, you drink, and then you eat cold plate for supper because, you know... you already cooked for lunch (laughs) yeah of course so then you don't have to cook anymore that's another interesting point about this too is that a good indicator for when we're doing this because even in the examples we're talking about we probably actually do this ourselves in some ways but it's easy to know because it won't be consistent like the playing cards you can't play the gambling cards but you can play Pokemon cards or exactly. yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh, which is even well, worse. Yeah. D- depending though, some people really don't like Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, especially now. Yeah, Amen, there's brother. been some <laughs> there's been some talkings about that. But yeah, so like um I the phrase came to my mind. Um we would always say, Well, if your axe is in the ditch, you know, on a Sunday. Yeah. And people would say, Well, you know, if your axe is in the ditch, so it, it that meant well they had to go help their buddy or their neighbor, or you know, you gotta do your laundry or you're busy. So I mean if your axe is in the ditch but they never shoot the ox. So why is there, like, why can you use that part of it and not the other? Why can you, like um, we were talking about the other day, why can I not ride my bicycle up the road, like a couple feet, but we can go out for a drive and have ice cream? Oh, man, that was a big thing. So you couldn't, yeah. you couldn't ride your bike or whatever, but you can hop in your car and go for a drive yeah. and get ice cream on a Sunday, but you couldn't ride your bike. Too much work to ride your bicycle. Yeah. 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 Now, of course, this, th- this is kind of uh, an easy one, but there are actually real instances where, for example, you were considered to be substandard if, I don't know, you, you were a girl and you wore a skirt that was shorter than mm-hmm. your ankles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That wasn't for me specifically, but there there was a kind of notion of like, if you're like participating, then you wear like a skirt or like you don't wear jeans or you have to wear, like there are some people I know that are all about fabrics and like certain fabrics aren't allowed. So, yeah, right. It, it goes to varying extremes and that's the problem is that they're it's never consistent. There aren't like God's law doesn't have these inconsistencies. Well, and right? it Ours also does. God's law doesn't, tend to be focused mostly on the surface. Exactly. No. God's law is focused on where your heart exactly. is. Yeah. yeah. So if you're like wondering if you um, are listening and thinking about, oh, well, I've experienced this and I still kind of believe it. Like it's, it's hard to get out of, but a good way to tell is, is it actually biblical? Right. So guys, is, is, is there other things in our culture have you know, been impacted because of this. We brought the fish on Good Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that you can think of where people, even either whether older or younger generations, are still impacted by um, this push for holiness that you know may or may not have gone a little little too far um, in some instances? Is, is there anything else you can think of that has impacted our culture? Uh, I would think, for example, uh, the concept of purity culture. I mean, the mm-hmm. idea is that you know we. We're going to set a, f- a set of rules on dating and being in relationships, and imagine that somehow that we are going to be more godly at the end of this yeah. because we've had we've set up these specific rules. Some of them good rules, mm-hmm. but some of them are wise in nature, but they're not. But I mean, you know, whether you've held hands with your girlfriend before you got married, 
isn't actually a determiner of whether or not you had a, you've had a holy chaste relationship with her. Yeah. If you've been lusting after her the whole time and still never touched her, you, you're still sinning, and brother. Committed adultery in your heart. Exactly, and that goes back to the source of this whole problem is that it is a preference to deal with the indicators rather than the problem. So what's our best way to go forward then? If we come across people who, you know, believe, you know, let's say um, drinking is an absolute sin, not getting drunk, or don't you dare smoke and then come into the church? How dare you, maybe in some cases, even wear jeans to church? How dare you, you know, drink or, you know, not drink, but uh, cook your vegetables on a Sunday? If, you know, what, how do oh, we for a deal with these people? And I'm going to say that there's a lot of different ways of dealing with it. I mean, for example, to be clear about it, while I did say that I don't think that alcohol is actually barred by Scripture, I don't drink personally. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just something I don't do, partially because I've said to some people that I, I, I care about and I that I wouldn't because there's a te- there there's there is actually scripture about this about the way we deal with one another when we have differing positions. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be reading from Romans chapter 14. Therefore let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love by what you eat. Do not destroy what for one for whom Christ died. So do not let what is you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whatever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace Amen. and for mutual upbuilding. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that goes to say, really, that you're not going to fight liberalism with legalism or legalism with liberalism and we see that a lot and that's how a lot of people would approach this well in either case though you're 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 still you're You're still still using man-made devices you're still playing god for control and you're still probably covering up for your own sin exactly and the truly the only way to um like deal with this kind of problem is with scripture and truth the word is the only sword with enough sides for this kind of a uh, like debate and problems. So, but I mean, ultimately speaking, if I'm if my grandmother is telling me, you know, I, I would prefer you not drink. I'm not drinking in front of her. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I can tell someone, you know, peeling your vegetables on a Sunday is not a sin. You know, I can sh- I can show them a scripture like one that's not even mentioned. Uh, two, yeah. but you know, if someone actually within their conscience feels like they're sinning, uh, I'm doing more damage to them by trying to force them to peel their vegetables on a Sunday. As long right. as you're not holding that as a requirement for salvation, right. I'm doing more damage by trying to absolutely convince them if they just if they're actually convicted by it. Yeah. Right. And of course this is when we're talking mostly here about secondary issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like you can't really go um, like in order to talk about these things, you can't go towards the one thing they're attached to. You almost have to like you have to respect that they are not respect, but understand that they have this. Cause I mean, it's very easy to follow the teachings of your parents and their parents and so on. And it comes from a good place. So they think they're doing a good thing and believing the right things. So going after, Oh, that's not a sin is going to be a lot less effective than saying, maybe there's something about God you misunderstand. 
Mm-hmm. And of course, that's going to be the ultimate qu- point. Exactly. We preach the gospel. Truth. Yeah. So the gospel isn't about eating or drinking specifically. It's about righteousness and goodness mm-hmm. and salvation in Jesus Christ. And uh, I mean, there are instances where, okay, let's say um, someone is trying to justify their gambling, but it's actually really devastating to their family. And it's a problem, yeah. Yeah, th- th- then we need to go and approach that brother and sister and preach the gospel to them yeah. right. and say what you're doing is not godly. It's not honoring to God. It's not honoring to your family. And you know you're doing more damage than good. There are times when we need to pull people aside. Yes. And you, know, you can't just say grace, 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 grace yeah. to cover everything. There, there is real, real reason to sometimes abstain from alcohol. Right. Mm-hmm. There's real reason to avoid, you know, gambling yeah. or anything. Like if anything those things else. run in your family, or you have like a, um, like a problem with addictions mm-hmm. and stuff like that, it is a good idea. Well, I mean, it's written in a different context, but. First uh, Corinthians six: uh, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. Exactly. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be done, yeah. dominated by anything. But nobody is going to reach that understanding when we only talk about what's a sin and what's not. Right. In some sense, then the real question isn't one of which which one is the sin and which one is not the sin. The question is which one is actually glorifying to God and which one yeah. is not. Yeah. What's our nature and what's His and what's winning in your life? So it seems like Newfoundland has had, and, and, and maybe this is probably a, hum, a human issue, but Newfoundland, at least within our com- conversation today, has had a real issue of avoiding the heart issue. Yeah. 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 And it's something that's that... That's not just Newfoundland, by the way. No, no, no right? I uh, think but it's uh, easy it, enough to do. It's something that's really shown its face here. And like more prominently, we'll say on Good Friday, when people are like, as long as I got my fish, yeah. I'm a good Catholic. Or as long as I get my communion. Yeah. Yeah, if I've mean, shown up to church, Christmas I'm, and Easter, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's not even Roman Catholicism. Yeah. That's, that's even with our own churches, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we get such an influx of people during these major holidays, yeah. but you'll never see their face again throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, they got their fix to make them feel good about them. Right, I checked my box. I'm good. And that's that's basically where this comes from. We want to make ourselves feel better about ourselves, whether it be we check boxes or we avoid things so that we can say, look how good I am, God. Yeah. Or and look how... Uh, look how much grace that I have. I can do all these things because it goes goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Like so, in 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 any case, you're you're redefining grace, and you're not. It, it's not you're offending it. It's it's not to cover um, your. You don't get a license to sin, and you don't you don't have to make up for it with your own righteousness. It's neither of those things. So maybe they just don't understand grace on either sides of that spectrum. I think that's kind of a normal thing. Yeah. I can remember the first time I, I I spoke to somebody in my... I was working at a late-night call center, and they were talking about what they thought Christianity was. And this is, I think, the biggest difficulty from having these kinds of legalistic viewpoints of what Christianity is. Mm-hmm. It's when I tell people about what Jesus really means, you know, what his, what his sacrifice on the cross was for... Most people are really amazed at how surprised. beautiful and gracious and noble that is. Yeah. Because what they thought Christians believed is, well, these particular rules that they've grown up with. Or, you know, the, the that, you know, Christians all believe that they're more holy than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When technically speaking, I, I, I think it was Greg Kokel who said it about an, in, an instance he was having a radio interview where basically his viewpoint is 
All humanity is sinful. I am a sinner saved only by grace. Yeah. And everybody called himself righteous. Yeah. And Kokel says, by definition, I am the only one on this stage mm-hmm. who is not in any sense self-righteous. Yeah. Because I don't think I'm righteous not in myself. It. Exactly. He's not claiming that he's achieved a sanctification or that he's achieved his justification. And that is a true understanding of grace. That's but, when you know it's hum- it's humble. But that's the that that's the thing that's undercut by the focus on the specific yeah. acts. And I think that's why a lot of Christians or like people in these situations they don't have a lot of joy because grace, God's grace to us and his mercy to us is pivotal to our joy as Christians and you you see churches that are just um hurting and there's no joy and there's a lot of this either legalism or liberalism and dominated by either pride or despair. Yeah, pride I mean, or what despair. we really need is to be pride caring. or fear. We need to be caring about our brothers and sisters yeah. in Christ. Yeah, making sure we deal with our heart issues. Absolutely, the same as anyone else's. I mean, the whole take the speck of your eye, yeah. take your, your yeah. plank out of your eye before you deal with the speck in your brother. I mean, yeah. the plank is in your eye, right. right? The bigger issues are in your heart. Yeah. Not to worry about what your brother or sister up the road was doing, what they did the night before. Yeah. Though, to just push back a little bit on that mm-hmm. particular one, that doesn't mean don't ever talk about things. It actually just says... deal with your own first. Take the plank out of your eyes yes. so that you may see clearly yeah. <laughs> to help deal with the speck in your neighbor's eye, if you're going yeah. to use the whole yeah. statement. Yeah. And, and keeping the main thing the main thing, right? What's right. the gospel? What are people believing? And then allow the Holy Spirit to transform. Absolutely. Transform our actions, transform our lives. Like I I can't help but get in my mind. Like I'm I'm moving downtown this weekend. We're hoping to see downtown community church started the fall. Um and I'm noticing a lot of people on my street, you know, are you know, out smoking, you know, just people that you don't really want to be hanging around with and you know, your first instance is all great. Here's buddy there, like I don't want to be talking to him, like hard as nails, whatever. But Mm -hmm. what if God opens the door for me to speak to this person. And what if they struggle with smoking all their lives? What if they can't kick the habit? What if this is a person who attends this church, but literally has to have a cigarette every time before they come in? Are we going to say then that they're not saved or not following God? Yeah. Actually, that's been one of the more extreme forms of the damage that this kind of levels. Mm -hmm. Because it goes both ways, too. It's possible that he grew up in a liberalist church and he thinks it's fine, so he's allowed himself to become slave to it. Well, I mean, another one I I noticed one my bro, my dear brother at the uh, here here has tattoos on. I don't. Yeah, I do. It's <laughs> awful. I've been thinking about it the whole. I don't time. understand the. Just I kidding. don't understand the idea. But <laughs> let's face it, there are have been instances here in Newfoundland where I can remember churches mm-hmm. where they looked at the guy's arms, saw tattoos, mm-hmm. and assumed that the guy was a sin is was a sinner and shouldn't be you know viewed exactly. as acceptable. Exactly. Because okay. I don't have tattoos, uh, but let's face it, you they are permanent. People do get You them. have no idea what that guy's history is. <laughs> no. You have no idea what's going on in his heart. Mm-hmm. You need to be careful about... And then you say you think these things, uh, the negative things of, about them. You Sometimes you even say these negative <laughs> things about them. And then they're left, well, barred from the fellowship of the believers because... Of something that's just your judgment exactly. of an external and, facet. Yeah, and oftentimes we do that with things that we just don't experience. That's right. not our sin, so I can call whether or not that person's intentions are 
whatever I think they are, right? Mm -hmm. We don't experience it, so we don't relate, and we kind of just remove their, um, we just look at them based on their sin, and not, and we, we would rather call them not a brother or sister than actually consider that they are and have a relationship with them. And, and just, and just dealing with that, that actually is self-righteousness yes, because I absolutely. am looking at my yeah. own righteousness, mm-hmm. yeah. the righteousness of myself as the, as the, as the basis to judge my neighbor. Yeah. yeah. So we want to see churches here that, again, we're not the cure for Newfoundland and Labrador, but we no, want to see Jesus churches. Is. Yes. Yeah, Jesus is. And he's the only cure for this kind of a issue. Mm-hmm. So we want to see churches that can work together, that preach the gospel to each other, um, and that come alongside each other. You know, that we want to deal with the heart issue here in Newfoundland. Yeah. Amen. We had an ep- episode a uh, number of weeks back on church hurt, and this very thing has caused a lot of church hurt. Absolutely. I know. So I know. I mean, I've heard stories of kids who were basically kicked out of church because their parents sent them to Sunday school wearing a Molson Canadian shirt on, and they never set foot in church again. Wow. Yeah. Uh, no, this kind of thing has happened in our province. And again, for anyone listening, this is why we say Newfoundland needs to be contextualized. Absolutely. This is, you know, people today might peel their vegetables on a Sunday as opposed to <laughs> Saturday, but these these things have had lasting impacts. And it's still really prevalent. Like if you were to mm-hmm. talk to most people, um, especially from rural communities, you would find out rather quickly what their idea of uh, holiness living is and um, obedience is and you would find a lot of this in there and honestly I think it just we're a victim of our like as a province we're a victim of the uh, path that this has taken since the gospel came here and the um, like the need for education like if people understood where say the, the sinful problem is in gambling or like tattoos, why, why certain things are mentioned in the Bible and dealt with in the law. And, and God talks about these things. If they understood that first, rather than making their list and applying it and judging others with it, then we would see people understanding God's nature and understanding what is truly required for obedience rather than just as, as time changes and as our culture changes, society changes, we get either more liberal or more legal or the details change, you know? So we're... So what you're saying is we... Sh- I apologize for using a phrase like, so what you're saying <laughs> Yeah, is, no, no. <laughs> but it means that we need to actually focus on Jesus Christ. Absolutely. What he's done for us. Absolutely. Who God is, why he's loved us, how he has loved us. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Look at the text of scripture to find out yeah. specifically what he means by these things to take that seriously above above the rules that uh, even yeah. good pastors might have given us in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I don't what the text says. Yeah, and I don't think that people who um, say have defined the gospel by list aren't um, aren't Christians and that they're not um, their heart's not in the right place. But it it will have to be dealt with at some point because it does come from a lack of understanding of grace and God. And it can be really detrimental to mm-hmm. a church, to a community, to relationships. And that's what we want to see here as model mission. So thank you guys for joining me here today. Um, if you're listening again, the main point is that we don't want to get in a debate with people about this. I mean, you can debate, you can point to scripture, but the main issue is preach the gospel to yourself Yes. Preach your gospel to others. 
and have a accurate understanding of what scripture is saying, what grace means, who God is, what sin actually is, and what Jesus has accomplished for you. Yeah. So thanks again for joining me. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you again next week. You have been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is a podcast of Mile One Mission. If you'd like to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland, please visit us at www.mileonemission.ca. Thank you.